Welcome to this week's edition of the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup, everybody. For those of you who don't know, I'm Logan Hartle. I'm going to be guest hosting today. I have the privilege and the and the blessing to guest host. Raphael is actually going to be uh, – he's out with family and friends on a well-deserved uh, vacation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hosting. I'm really excited uh, for our, our interview today, uh, Aviva Sonnenreich. And I should have asked that before we started, but uh, did I pronounce that right? Pretty much. Okay. What, what is the what is the action? How, do, how would I say it? Yeah, it's Aviva. I really Aviva. just prefer to go by Aviva. And Aviva. Um, my last name, I say Sun and Rich, but Sun and Rich. Okay. other family members would say it differently. So uh, uh, that's why. we're, we're going to go with what you want. We're going to go with what you want. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Aviva, just, just to start out, if you could just give us a little bit about your background, you know, where you grew up and how you kind of got into the whole real estate game. Sure. So um, <clears throat> the story doesn't start with me. My grandparents immigrated to America in 1950, fleeing Nazi Germany, where they lost almost all of their family mm. uh, to Hitler's regime. True immigrant story, uh, came to America, worked super hard and landed in their first duplex. Duplex became a triplex. And all of a sudden there was a warehouse uh, in 1984. And my father really took a liking to warehousing and went on to syndicate a portfolio of warehouses between 1999 to 2015. And this is all in Denver uh, at a time a very historic time in warehousing because of the legalization of cannabis. So um, I started uh, working in the business, I'd say seven or eight years ago, and just immediately fell in love with our family business and warehousing. And um, in my search for finding the beachfront property in <laughs> Malibu, our version of that, because I realize it's not warehouses and it is, it is warehouses, but it ain't the beachfront. Yeah. Um, I feel like what we're doing right now, talking online and having a digital presence in commercial real estate is our beachfront property in Malibu <laughs> in 2023. So yeah. And I have a, I do have a brokerage. I have a brokerage called the warehouse hotline. That's my little emblem. There you and go. And so we, uh, I man Lisa manage the my old man's portfolio, and then I do third party brokerage uh, in the warehouse space exclusively. So excellent, that's me. awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Well, we share that because I'm a, I'm an industrial broker here in the Charlotte market, so we share that that uh, that asset class. So that's awesome. So, you know, I, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of the background there. Um, you know, what got you into the family business? So, so did you, was there a time when you're like this you've decided like I'm doing this were you always going that way or was there something before that that you that you switched out of or, or tell us about that I was a DJ for like 10 years I got to play all over the world it was sweet cool. and I really learned how to market when as a DJ but I also didn't want to keep working in a restaurant so mm -hmm. I started working in real estate DJing and eventually my passions, you know, what made me authentically happy happened to be real estate more than the music. And yeah. so, uh, I, but I jumped in, I was, it was my first thing out of college aside from working in a restaurant. So, uh, look, I grew up, my mom was a dentist and my dad worked in real estate and I saw how my mom had to go to work 
from eight to five. And if she, if she wasn't there, she wasn't making money. And that lady worked so hard. And then I saw my dad who figured out a system where he didn't have to work as hard and could also be successful. So seeing that growing up, understanding, working with your brain as opposed to your back is um, just what works best for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Now I had, I had a similar uh, entry point. My my dad owned some apartment buildings, and and so I from a very young age was was helping him, you know, clean out toilets and and replace flooring and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So I got to see that fun side of it. But then as I started to become a little bit older, uh, you know, in 18, 19, I was you know was asking him, hey, dad, you know, why do you do this? Why are we doing this stuff on the weekends? This is this isn't fun. Why do you do this? And so then he started to you know teach me a little bit about you know here's what's going on here. Here's why we're doing this in the retirement and in, in the passive income, supposedly passive, but um, you know, and, and it's he's done very well for himself in that space. And so it's it's you know I, I I'm with you. I, I kind of fell in love with real estate. You know, at that age, I was I was around high school when I, you know, later in high school when I fell in love with real estate, but been a passion of mine ever since. Oh, wow. So yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of your entry point into this. For those of you, I'm sure everybody here is, is excited to talk about the social side of things that you do. Cause you are, you've got a, a huge following on social. So I, as I looked yesterday, I think, and if these numbers are wrong, correct me, but I think you have about 41,000 Instagram followers and 1.1 million TikTok followers. Is that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think those are numbers that would make anybody here envious. So <laughs> if you could uh, kind of walk us through, um, you know, why social? What 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 got you started? You know, you jumped into the, the commercial real estate game with your with your family uh, and just kind of fell in love with that game. But but why social? What took you there? OK, interesting. Um, why social? <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, in commercial real estate, the competition when you're posting on social media is almost non-existent. Like it's the most ridiculous advantage right in front of our faces that brokerages have stigmatized to be a negative uh to be something negative and then they bring up these young brokers with bad habits not posting posting terrible content and it was like i felt like social media was like the layup in front mm -hmm. of and i felt like lebron the other night <laughs> anyway so um it is so obvious that our storefronts are now digital storefronts mm -hmm. and our brand, it all, uh, it's a comp. Well, I talk about beachfront property in Malibu. I feel like posting content on about social, I'm sorry, about commercial real estate on social media is buying beachfront property in Malibu when it was cheap because we're compounding it's it, it's nothing but compounding content and visibility and i get a ton of clients from it so yeah. if it works uh and it's free that's the crazy part yeah i mean it's it's definitely uh it's something i agree with you you don't see much of it you don't see many commercial brokers out there really doing it well um so i, I was i was excited to, to get to interview you and check out you know I, I looked at a lot of your i started following you on all your socials and everything and it's uh you do it very well and and, and i think everybody here is excited to learn about that and learn you know kind of how you got how you got started in, in that journey that you've been on to get here. Um, I, I guess I have to ask a question when, when you first started, and I think a lot of people who may not be putting themselves out there on social, I see you do, do a lot of video. Were you scared to get in front of the camera when you first got started? Sure. Right. Definitely. But what I would say to that is even if you are afraid to get on the camera, there are other ways 
to get amazing visibility and clients online right now in commercial real estate, Twitter. Like you don't need to do one face post, go on Twitter if you have the gift of gab and you can <laughs> do really well. So yes, of course, it's intimidating to do it online, uh, you know, make the short, the videos and it's awkward and, um, but everybody thinks it's cringe until it works. And then they think it's cool. Yep. And that's why <laughs> that's how great things happen. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just like, I, I understand that the more you give when you post on social media, ultimately the more you get, but people are so short-sighted with their content in a, you know, they just want to post. I just sold this. This is under contract. That content doesn't benefit anybody and nobody cares about it. And so it doesn't work very well. Maybe it works a little. However, providing valuable information about whatever you're talking about mm. uh, to the viewer and focusing on what they care about as opposed to yourself creates a relationship and it creates this, they'll follow you. They don't want to follow you if you're posting garbage content. Well, that's why nobody, you know, anyway, that's why nobody posts in the first place because it's bad content. It doesn't work. Anyway, I could talk about that. All day. <laughs> what I would say is just authentically. Yeah. The most, the best converting content is your authentic stories that add value to the person on the other side of the screen. Yeah. I have just found in our industry, it works really well. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like what, what, what do you mean by authentic and, and, and what would be a good example of that? Uh, a perfect example. No, like I'm giving, saying my own example. <laughs> here's, here's an example. Uh, there is a woman, her name's Beth Azor. She is a badass retail uh, investor broker out of Florida. You, some of you, you guys have to know her cause she's the coolest. <laughs> she started getting on Twitter and just talking through deals and deal structures, um, being a general partner or a limited partner in the past and how the deal went. And she's getting like the craziest commercial real estate visibility I've seen on Twitter because she's just telling the details of the deal and people want to know, people want to learn. Mm -hmm. And so I find like, obviously when we post on social media, we have to operate within the confines of confidentiality, right? Like you had a really touchy thing in our industry. And so I'm always telling stories from the, like, like deep into the past because, <laughs> um, because I don't want to say anything that would compromise my clients, obviously. Sure. Um, but it, telling simple stories about showings or mistakes or wins that add value on the other end, uh, just come back tenfold, but, yeah. but it's a long game too. But commercial real estate is a long game. Sure. So if, if you're not, if you want that quick flip, the quick buck, the quick hit, and then on to the next commercial real estate is not for you. Sorry, my cat just. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tail. I think that's what that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, commercial real estate is a long game and so is posting on social media. So, yeah. you know, I see way too many people where it's like four TikToks or four tweets or four posts and 
no results. And so they shut down and they're done. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is like, this is like, this is the long game. This, you Mm -hmm. better, you, I didn't start getting good social media leads until I was consistently posting online for two years. Yeah. That was going to be my, one of my questions is how long did it take you to build this? And two years is a, is a long time. I mean, you got to commit to that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Hey, there's a need for it. There's a desperate need and a want to learn this information. Mm -hmm. Like you and I are the perfect example of like everything that's wrong with commercial real estate. Why? (laughs) Because our parents did it, right? Mm -hmm. So we're that Nepo baby that everybody's losing their mind over. Well, guess (laughs) what? The playing field is getting leveled because Mm -hmm. of the internet and Mm -hmm. people have access, but it's so gate, it has historically been so gate kept. There's not a lot of information about it. More is happening this, right? As much as we're Nepo babies, we're also... trying to help other people escape to help other people learn about the industry. So it's uh, the opportunity, but there's, there's just a lot of opportunity in our field specifically on the digital front. And it excites me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think you're, you're hitting on a really good uh, subject there for everyone listening. You know, you look at the people who have the biggest followings and the biggest social, they're educators, right? That's what they do. And they're, they're, they're providing educational content. Um, The, you know, I, I know that I've seen some of your videos and you like to also be entertaining with, with being educational. So how do you find that balance of, of entertaining and, and fun and quirky with, with educational? You know, what's funny. And I have gotten this objection. I don't know if I'm necessarily answering your question, but I get this objection in commercial real estate with social media that it needs to be polished, right? Like we're suits and tie, we're a suit and tie industry and When I post to social media, I don't want to be in sweatpants and then talking about commercial real estate. And then that creates this snowball of never doing anything because we're net. I mean, I am never a hundred percent a camera ready when I post because you, when it comes to posting on social, like it has to be authentic. If people, and and that can be in video form, in written word, if it's not authentic, people will smell you out in a second and swipe away, period. So to my authentic self is literally being in sweatpants around my house with my cats doing deals. And uh, that's where I make my content. And uh, it's just authentic. I just like it. If you don't like what you do or you're talking about on the internet, it's not going to work. It's just not a long-term, it's not going to work for the long-term because it's way too difficult, just to be honest. Yeah. But if you like what you do, then it's not hard to just talk about it. No, it's a good point. That's a good point. I, I actually, in a previous life, I had a, a media company and, and we had a, uh, we had a, a manufacturing, really cool old manufacturing business. It was my background. So I spent about 10 years in manufacturing. Part of that, I had uh, my own manufacturing company, Re- really cool old business. Um, and we, we actually hired one of our buddies uh, to come on board and, and kind of be a video content creator. And the more, uh, the most engagement we got out of all of that were the silly videos we would do like just these off the wall silly crazy videos and, and we, we we did a balance of that and uh and education about our, our business and the stuff that we were doing but uh people fell in love with the quirky silly stuff and, and it's it's that entertainment factor and we tried to find that balance of educate and and entertain and i think that's such a such a 
a, a delicate balance because if you if you're out there and you're talking about commercial real estate but you're monotone and you just sound like this and you're saying all the right it's boring nobody's gonna follow you right but but you know and you can't just be silly we, we had a ton of goofy stuff that it literally had nothing to do with our business and people loved it but but it was it was engaging and i think to, to that point it was it was authentic in that we weren't scared to put ourselves out there we weren't scared to be like look in general we're, we're we were a couple of goofy guys that were good at good at what we did but we're, we like to be goofy and and i think people related to that um but yeah i think i think that's that's spot on i mean authenticity is just so critical i learned this thing about marketing uh, I don't know. How, I'll explain. Think about Justin Bieber. Justin came up and he was the sweetest boy. You know, he was every girl's. I don't I don't even know. It was a little I'm a little old for that, but he was the good boy. And then yep. all of a sudden, Justin went bad boy. Right. Mm. Whatever happened and then the drugs and then the image and the tattoos. Yep. He did a, a complete change and mm -hmm. it made all of his fans he did exactly the opposite of what everybody was expecting and it made all of his fans double down on him mm -hmm. and it made him even bigger when you talk about marketing specifically something that's like commercial real estate mm -hmm. there's an expectation that it's going to be polished and if you do the exact opposite of what people expect you to do it has a really profound impact and it just makes people care more. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about commercial real estate content on social media, you're saying people like the funnier ones better. It's because it's not what they expect from commercial real estate content. Sure. And it's a, it's a really interesting theory that I am always trying to work with. Let me give you an example on the brokerage end. I noticed uh, every brokerage in town is last name, last name, color scheme. That's the brand. Mm -hmm. That's not a brand. Yeah. I don't care if you're, your brand is not going to be ethics. That's everybody's brand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know like I've had this conversation. So I created a company called the warehouse hotline. What's the warehouse hotline. It's a brokerage that instead of having a company that was my last name, which didn't tell me anything or there was there was no brand uh creating that brand in commercial real estate now i get inbound phone calls all day long for only warehouses which is exactly what i wanted because i made my company a brand of you know telling the customer what it is uh and it it's just completely transformed my brokerage business so branding and marketing or in this industry are so untapped there's just a lot of opportunity and it's very yeah. cool yeah absolutely no i couldn't agree more and and uh you know i think that's why everybody's here they want to learn more about it and how to how to dive okay. into it so um you know diving into tiktok specifically i know we, you, you've got a huge following on tiktok so can you walk us through that that process of how you went from zero to 1.1 million followers and, and growing uh yeah what was that like and and can you walk us through that Absolutely. I, I always have my ear to the ground trying to figure out where the next motion in the ocean is in terms of that's why I'm like pushing you guys on Twitter right now, because yeah. that's where the best free visibility is in our industry mm -hmm. in this very like today. Um, but everybody was talking. I started hearing rumblings about musically, whatever. We all go into the pandemic. Phone stops ringing for three months. 
At first I was taking videos of my cat. And then I had one of my best friends called me and was like, what are you doing? You need to post videos about your work. Nobody, you have no competition. With the cat, you have a ton of competition. With your work, there's very few people talking about it. And that was like the light bulb uh, that put me on the internet. But but it's all a matter of just researching the algorithms, you know, keeping your ear to the ground, seeing what your habits are as a consumer of social media. Am, am I consuming TikToks all the time? Okay, maybe so odds are a lot of people are consuming TikTok. You're gonna find a video of some yeah. guy telling you exactly what to do to pop off on said uh platform in that mm -hmm. moment. So studying algorithms is big. So you had mentioned earlier that there's there's a ton of you're getting a lot of clients from social media right now. I think a lot of people would have interest. You, you know, is is there a percentage you could give us of of the the your percentage of your business that you're getting from social versus other platforms? No, I would say just because, like, what what would you say the odds of a deal that you start to finish? What are the odds of that closing? Oof, my goodness. In today's market <laughs> even lower yeah, uh right. you know you know 20 30 percent 40 percent maybe yeah okay i i'd yeah. say 80 percent of the deals yeah. we start we don't finish you, mm -hmm. for any reason right yep yep uh so understanding those odds it's kind of impossible to calculate like sure sure what works on. but but somebody told me if i worked in commercial real estate for 10 years once you hit the 10 year mark as a broker, mm -hmm. enough people know you and trust you that it it's like you really just got to put in those first 10 years to start the snowball effect for referrals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the Internet just gives you that ability to quite literally ram it down everybody's throat <laughs> uh, in the interim. Yeah. And it, just, it literally works just talking about commercial real estate on the Internet. You're it's you're talking to your friends and family. These mm -hmm. are your future customers and their referrals. It's a, it's just very natural, mm -hmm. but it's just, you can't calculate it. You'd lose your mind trying to calculate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that can make you lose your mind, I think a lot of people look at this and see, okay, if I'm going to be posting every day, I, do I have to edit stuff? You know, this, this is going to take a huge amount of time. Um, what's that look like the management of your social media presence? Like how much time would you say you commit to that on a daily, weekly, whatever it is, basis. Oh man, I don't know, hard to say. <laughs> Everybody has yeah. different strategies and ways that they create content. Mm -hmm. I try to put in like 30 minutes to an hour a day. Okay. And that's on a, that's a good day. But mm -hmm. some people batch content. There's a, a lot of ways to do it. Sure. And schedule it. I also like want to try to reply to a lot of people's comments. And so like, that's really a time more time consuming for me than creating it. But yeah. Yeah. Is there, yeah. Do you have, uh, have you gotten to the point where you're, you're looking to bring somebody on to help you with that side of it? The, the, the answering comments and, and replying. I do have like a, I have an online business manager. I have a mm -hmm. VA. Uh, I try to do my own comments just because it's, that my VA would not have any idea what to say. Sure. <laughs> to well, like you said, authentic. Yeah, it has yeah. To, it just has to be authentic. 
but um, I have a team. They help me. They help me stay organized. Well, we're, we're getting to that uh, that 35 minute mark. I want to make sure I'm, I'm cognizant of your time and I want to give everybody else a chance to answer questions. So I'm going to ask one more and then I'm going to open it up to, to everybody else. So I guess what, what would be if you can give one piece of advice for someone who's not using social right now for the real estate business, but wants to get into it? What's your one piece of advice? What is my one piece of advice? <laughs> uh, other people's opinions of you and your work don't matter. And just being your true self will be the most converting thing you can do. A lot of people don't post because they're afraid of other people's opinions. And I have a lot of, I'm not allowed to say the words I feel about those on censored places. <laughs> no, I just, I think that's so silly. So uh, just stop caring what other people think of it, about you and start posting. And mm -hmm. you are the only person who is the victim of your excuses. So I love it. Great advice. All right, so there were some questions uh, back at the top coming through. I think there's one when when my internet cut out and I came back in, I lost one of them. But I think there was a question about uh, if you could do anything different from now to 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 move that needle a little bit further along. What would you have done to move what the social media needle? Yeah, the, whether it's the audience or whether it's your 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 reach or maybe to speed things up for you, what would you have done differently to this point? Probably started a podcast and sooner. Yeah. And more on YouTube, podcast and YouTube. And those can go hand in hand. You can record a cod podcast, videotape yourself doing it. Now you have podcasts and YouTube. You got a lot of content there. You can chop up and use in a lot of different places too. So I like that one. Um, what is your audience on TikTok is one question in the, the caveat retailers? Well, it's hard. I mean, I work in the warehousing business, guys. Like this is, you know, my clients are, these are not, my clients are plumbers, roofers, electricians. These are not glamorous people who are scrolling TikTok during the day. Um, but look, I, who my audience is on TikTok, women between the ages of 18 and 35, which I understand is not conducive to commercial real estate, realistically. But I, you know how many like 65 year old guys will be like, I saw you on TikTok. I see you on TikTok. And it's like, I, these people are watching like mm -hmm. this excuse that our target demographic is not on TikTok will kill, kill your business. Why? Because look at Facebook. Who was Facebook? Uh, uh, MySpace. Who? No, we'll say Facebook. Facebook was for the college kids. And then what happened? All the other young people got on it. And now who's on Facebook? Our parents and our grandparents, these, mm -hmm. these sites mature. So the excuse that it's the wrong demographic or it's too young, you're just, you're literally getting in your own way of growing, right? Because mm -hmm. when you use that excuse, that's when a social media platform is young and ripe. And that's when you want to get in and get to work. Not when Carol's discovered Facebook 10 years later <laughs> yeah. that part, the party is already so far departed from facebook it's actually starting again because they're that desperate so <laughs> don't discount yeah. facebook but yeah. because this is a numbers game commercial real estate is a numbers game just like your cold calling just like your mailers tiktok's the same thing so posting on social media is the same thing how do we get our numbers as high as possible to make it as likely as possible to reach the right person. Love it. I, I, so. uh, 
I've spent a ton of time in cold calling. So it is a numbers game and I'm, uh, I'm very eager to, to shift towards more social media because cold calling can be a pain sometimes. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So the next question, sorry, not to, to divert into cold calling. Uh, what type of content works best on Twitter? Oh, man. What type of content works best on Twitter? Something that they can engage back with. So like mm -hmm. a commercial real estate question. People are loving that. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I've been doing that recently because I realized if I ask a question and then people engage, which they've been doing, it gets more visibility. Mm -hmm. Right. This actually none of this is super groundbreaking right you want the the thing with every single social media platform they want you to keep the viewer looking at your stuff as long as possible and they will reward you for doing so if you post crap content that people scroll past really quick they're not going to show it to more people if they they, they are counting the metrics there are metrics when you go through social and they are figuring out watch time and the people with the higher watch time get more views. And it's the same thing on Twitter. And a way to increase that is through engagement. A big thing with Twitter and any social media is like, look what's working. Do your, do some research, scroll through, see what's working, recreate it in your own voice. That's a really good way to do that. Love that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you see it, like you see what you see what posts are getting likes, you see what content's getting likes, you see what channels are getting the most the most interaction. So that's a that's a great strategy. I'm gonna steal that for myself. That's awesome. Um, uh, we have a few yeah. comments here. Uh, one says go harder sooner. I think that was in re response to what what you would have done differently uh, or what you know we all could do differently, go harder sooner. One says warehouse is sexy. I agree. I love, I love warehousing, love, love industrial, right? My industrial peeps. So Christina, she said, I work in industrial and I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's awesome. Christopher C Thank says, you. "Why, why co-star? Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? What, what, uh, the question? Why co-star? Okay, so co-star for anybody who doesn't know is the commercial real estate MLS for in all intensive purposes. They own the monopoly on looking up a property online. They own LoopNet, Apartments.com, and pretty much the entire first page of commercial real estate Google. Now, it's really expensive." obnoxiously expensive it's like i don't know seven grand i pay like seven grand for one subscription yeah. a year it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> um but when i am working with costar the biggest thing is going to be just like filtering with specific properties mm -hmm. uh i i do not get that specific with comps i you don't have the ability to on crexy or the yeah. other ones like i want i want to know like drive indoors, multiple tenant or single tenant. Like there are just some things that I need to filter based on to get the best information that I haven't found elsewhere. One. Two, you can extract emails from CoStar. <laughs> it takes time and it's a ninja hack, but you can get really good information from CoStar. And um, it's in my, like for data and extracting data, it's pretty cool in my opinion yeah. specifically with those emails dm me on instagram i'll show you how to get the emails <laughs> off of costar i couldn't agree more costar is uh it's 
it's more so it's you know for for me and i'm sure you experience this as well um less so for promoting your properties and more so for that just that raw data you know comps and, and digging through market analytics it's just it's second to none to your point they have the monopoly on that they've got better data than everybody and and they charge for it so uh yeah silly question but are you cold oh. calling yeah sorry i i should have let you respond <laughs> no 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 you're good and yeah. my cold calling Yes, but I do what I call the reverse cold call. And what the reverse cold call is looks like this. Hey, owner of whatever product type, I have someone who wants to buy your property. Can I bring you an offer? That's the reverse cold call. And their answer to that question will you know, determine where they go in the CRM and the frequency of the call. Um, but the, what people don't realize about commercial real estate is that you have a lot of buyers. You just don't realize they're your buyers. And if you go into the last year of deals, who, who's been buying the last year? Those are all your clients. Those people are not, I would say 98% of them are not loyal to a broker and they're buying. So if you can find them a deal, if you can figure out the where to connect those people, you can do very well. So I like to reverse cold call. I've done yeah. the, I've done the straight up cold calling, you know, it's fun. Get kicked into teeth all day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I, it's a strategy I use a lot is, is to, to reach out to those groups proactively and say, what are you looking for? What can I find for you? And now when you have that conversation with that seller, you're, you're not lying. It's not, it's not like, Hey, I'm just making something up. Like I've had actual conversations with people that say they want your type of property. So do you want an offer? And it's, yeah. it works very yeah. cool. We, 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 we went back old school. We went from, from the new age and we, we, we divulged back into, into cold calling, but Hey, that's, that's my realm. I love it. So, um, <laughs> but hey, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of real estate to go around. There's a lot of ways to make money in real estate and there's a lot of ways to get leads and uh, there's no linear way to get there. So yeah, that's fun if you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You you had mentioned uh, Twitter being a new, and I'm going to throw another question in here. You'd mentioned Twitter being a, you know a, an up and coming, a place that people should be putting their attention right now. Uh, what about YouTube shorts? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's one, when I say I put my ear to the ground, I see what people are, talking about people are talking about youtube shorts it's given out some decent virality the reality is is the content you put on tiktok is the same as the content you put on instagram which is the same as you put on youtube shorts why short form video content it's what we're doing right now uh so if it's as simple as literally just saving the post and then reposting the same post to insta or to youtube with a different title or whatever it's a no-brainer because you already made the content and you got to be doing it. Look, here's one. Uh, YouTube is owned by Google. When somebody doesn't have a commercial real estate broker, what do they do? They go to YouTube and what do they Google? Any iteration of commercial real estate broker in my town. Mm -hmm. Well, if YouTube is owned by Google, wouldn't it make sense to work together that to put the videos on to YouTube that answer the questions that people are asking so that when they do do it and they do put, and then Google, when they do Google it, and then YouTube is putting videos on the front page of Google. Now you have just hacked the front page of Google. That's a really valuable place to be. 
absolutely in our industry love it yeah i i've got yeah. a, a list of homework that i have to do after this so this is uh this has been good so <laughs> um one of the one of the final questions do you do you reuse, reuse content i think you just mentioned this do you reuse, reuse content across platforms absolutely we're in a weird time right now where a lot of our biggest platforms tiktok youtube instagram it's all the same thing, short form video content, even Facebook is doing more short form. So because of the nature of the beast in this moment, uh, I can use the same content across platforms, but I cannot take a TikTok and post it to Twitter because those are different and it doesn't work well like that. Twitter has to be, is, you know, the written, but, but what I could post on Twitter could be the same thing I post on LinkedIn. Mm. So it's about understanding what works on what platform and then reusing the content appropriately yeah. so that it works for you. Yeah. One is, short form content. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. No, that go ahead. Short form content, two to three minutes, five to six minutes. What's the best, what's the best time frame there? Short form content, honestly, uh, seven to 10 seconds for short form. And for what I would then call long form would be no more than 10 minutes. Okay, we'll say that's medium form. And then long form is no more than 30. But I, my goal is like 10 minute YouTubes and less than 10 second short form, unless I'm like really telling a story or something, then all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> and is that, uh, is that just per, you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, the TikTok world and in the YouTube shorts world, is that what the algorithm wants? Shorter, shorter videos, shorter, the better. So people can just swipe, swipe, swipe. Is that what it is? Well, if the metric is watch time, mm -hmm. which it is right. The metric that gives you more virality is watch time. So if it's a shorter watch time, you don't have to keep people there as long to hit a higher percentage. Mm. So if I have a minute video, and I have 60% watch time. That means everybody's dropping off at, you know, 40 seconds in, 35 seconds in. If I have a 10 second video and I get the same watch time, everybody is watching considerably more of the video. Okay. Because it's shorter. Oh yeah. Just yeah. make it fast. People, no extra words. People have very short attention spans. <laughs> make it fast. Yeah. And valuable. Absolutely. So, so uh, Stelio said, I think I sneeze longer than 17 seconds. Yeah, that's probably pretty seven to 10 seconds. Seven to 10 is pretty quick. So um, uh, the, the last question, and we'll let you get out of here. I, I appreciate your time so far, but any resources you like to use to learn more about CRE? Any resource? Uh, Twitter, literally. I have been going onto Twitter asking real questions and getting unbelievable responses from qualified people across the world or across the country. It is so cool. I, I recently had a situation where a buyer wanted me to use their CRM. And I was like scratching my head being like, why am I using your CRM? I'm That doesn't make sense. I should be using my CRM and you shouldn't be telling me how to do my job. And, um, I went, but I didn't, I couldn't ask my, my mentor cause he's 75 and doesn't use a CRM. And, uh, so I went to Twitter and I asked them, I was like, guys, like, am I crazy? What's the deal? And I got amazing responses and no, I should not use somebody else's CRM. I should use my own CRM. That's awesome. <laughs> Is yeah. The yeah. That <laughs> the answer that would, yeah. Yeah. There you go.
That's awesome. I so, love that I, that that concept of of posting just just questions like that because that's that's more engagement for you, I'm sure, because everybody's engaging and coming in. That's going to push you higher up on the uh, in the algorithms, but also you're getting questions answered. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Bingo. I keep saying one final question, but this one actually uh, this one actually is is interesting to me as well. So I want to throw it in there just in case. Uh, any other thoughts on on the Reddits of the world? I won't knock them. You know, I, Reddit's cool. I, I see nothing wrong with it. You know, small out, small issue is you don't know who you're getting advice from on the other side. Like with Twitter, I, I can see who I'm getting advice from, go to their profile, go to their company, figure them out. With Reddit, it's like user four. I, <laughs> I, I just can't qualify yeah. those people as well, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That hey, makes John. sense. Aviva, I really, Sorry, I no, you're, you're good. You're good. It make always making content. Love it. <laughs> Love it. But uh, Aviva, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and, uh, and sticking with me through my, my uh, debacle here. That was my internet. So I appreciate that. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun edit for the, for the team there, but uh Appreciate it, everyone. Thank you for joining uh, this edition of the CRE uh, 101 meetup group and uh yeah, Aviva, thank you. Uh, I think you put your handle in the chat, but if you want to let everybody know where they could find you real quick before we jump off here, um, that'd be great. Yeah, guys, it was great to meet you all. I really appreciate your questions and your engagement. And I'm putting my at in the comments, but it's at Aviva Real Estate. DM me uh, and keep in touch. And if you have any questions, you know where to find me awesome. on all the social platforms. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thanks.